Welcome to episode 79 of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell, and we are going to tell you all of the joys of our League Cup expulsion against Leicester and bring you the promise of our preview against Watford. You can follow me on Twitter at NUFC underscore Greg. Um, and joining me to discuss this beautiful rundown of Newcastle United news and life the other half of the only true black and white podcast in Newcastle United podcast history. The best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What it do, people? Um, and that was probably one of my better introductions of, of recent note. I've done better, true. but that was one of the better ones that I've introduced you as. It's true. Um, I know that many of you, today I went to one of, these, one of those influencer type exhibits called 29 Rooms. And if you don't know what that is, I mean, thank the Lord you don't because it's just like a Instagram BS thing. And I did it for market research. So if you want to follow me on, on Twitter, because I'm an influencer, at Elijah underscore Newsom is where you can find me. And then also on Instagram, where we influencers do the majority of our work and get paid for really good content like pictures of ourselves. Um, yeah, you can, uh, you, can, you can follow me there as well. Right, I think it's at e.newsome. But yeah. I just plugged my Instagram, Greg. How do you feel about that? Feel great. Good. I feel great. Good. I feel like we're off to a good start here. And we're off speaking, to a damn good start. Speaking of not getting off, well, I guess we're speaking of getting off to good starts. Uh, that would be Lester. But speaking, but not getting off to good starts. That's us. But it wasn't. It was a. It was a good middle. Yeah. Um. Any any thoughts on on the League Cup? So. We'll, we'll get into it, but we lost some penalties to Leicester, second round of the League Cup. We've only lost in the second round three times in our history, and it was each of the last three seasons. <laughs> so, um, nice little trend we have going there. Any thoughts on the match for you, Elijah? I said it at on the preview pod. I, I don't care if we win or lose this match because I'm not going to – I just don't think – I'm I'm not going to gauge that as like judgment of Steve Bruce and his tactics and how he is as a coach, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not really that affected by the loss. I don't really care. Um, we'll get into it, of course, when we when we actually review that match. Um, but yeah, it, who cares? We lost to Leicester. We lost to their first team, and um, the only thing that we can be really be happy for is that there aren't too many injuries. Yeah, but I would counter. Isn't that the problem? We should be caring. Yes, we should be caring, but that's not it. That, don't. I, I think it's what people fault. need to realize is that that is not that's not a manager issue. That's a depth issue. Like we just we don't have the bodies to to survive a cup run at the moment and survive in the Premier League. That's been my opinion and my stance for years. Um, well, at least the past few years. Um, and it kind of held true again. I mean, we had to literally divert from the formation that worked so well because we literally have no other wingers besides Christian Atsu, Miguel Amiron, and Alan St. Maximin. And I guess Matt Ritchie, but he's being played as a left wing back because the left wing back we we uh, we brought in uh, can't seem to beat out the guy who's a converted left wing back for minutes. So it's like we don't even have enough wingers to do to have a second choice front three. We just have. A one more striker right now because Dwight Gale is injured or suspended. Who knows what the hell he's doing? And our wingers are all injured. Well, where they were, and they have knocks of some sort, and or they're tired like Chris Natsu and just coming back from injury. And like, I mean, we've got some midfield depth, we've got some defensive depth, but like at the end of the day, you still need attackers, and we just yeah. don't have any depth in that area, and we don't have any fullbacks right now either. I mean. We just have, I guess, total we have Jetro because Dummett's essentially a center back now. I don't really see him going back to left back in modern football. Until until Lejeune 
I feel like when Lejeune get, comes back, that might change. But yeah, but I don't know. If, then, I don't see Paul Dummett as a left wing back just because I don't think he he's he attacks as much as you know some of our other left wing back options. Like I don't see him well, going perfect, that far. We're not really going to be attacking. Well, that, but anyway, that's <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But you see what I'm saying? Like we literally have what three healthy fullbacks on the roster: uh, Emil Kraft, Javi Mankio, and I guess Matt Ritchie. Oh, Jetro Willems. Um, and Matt Ritchie, of course, is a converted winger. I mean, it, it's just like the depth is not there at the time. Like you look at a, a team like like Man City, who's able to literally put out a new starting eleven and breeze through cups, or or a team even like Leicester, who has the depth to, to do that. They have they have four or five midfielders that could just walk into our first team and start as well. Uh, and same with wingers, and same with defenders. I mean, eh, well, maybe not defenders, but. You get what I'm saying. It's. I think we should be focusing more on the fact that Mike Ashley seems to think that you know he doesn't need to spend money on depth and quality depth, and I just just don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Well, we're we're about to get even even more in depth to that. Let's do a couple news notes first. Um, we have some updates on John Joe Shelby, and it's not about yeah. penalties. Yeah. Um, John Joe Shelby. Got? revealed to the Chronicle, I guess, that he was considering a move to West Ham uh, this past summer window. Really, the window really wasn't uh, really specified, but the Chronicle makes it appear as if they were talking about this past summer. As you guys know, um, he was linked to West Ham and linked to move to West Ham um, pretty much the past three windows. And the past three times, Greg and I both were kind of in the boat of, eh, yeah, let him move on, especially after the emergence of Sean Longstaff. And kind of even the, the past two matches have kind of proved our points uh, to a T. But he was considering a move to West Ham, considering um, going there. And Newcastle were the team were actually the side that kind of blocked it and told him to stay. And he's now playing for a new contract, which he's not off to the best start by doing. But that's his goal. He's, he's tied as our leading goal scorer, though. Well, I mean, he's joint with, <laughs> I know, I know. with Joel Linton, I know, I know. So I guess that counts um, for something. Yeah, I yeah I don't have yeah that's cool. Yeah, sick. Um, cool story. That's what happens when it's a slow news week. Yeah, this yeah. is this is what leads us right into our next thing, which makes makes these first couple Speaking weeks of, the, the the news better is the transfer window. It needs to be extended. Yeah, yeah. So they're thinking of of bringing it back to the original what it with the transfer window to what it was. Um, and I, we were actually talking about this before. We started recording, so I'll, I'll just repeat it so you guys can hear what we were talking about. No, just don't um, repeat it. Make We should do a goal, <laughs> a subscription service where people can pay $2 a month to hear the conversations we have before and after the podcast, which, yes. to be fair, $2 a month, that'd be worth it because they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, we were basically, I basically said, like, in theory, it sounds like a good idea. Like, oh, yeah, well, let's just... Make sure all the transfer business is done before the season starts. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. But in reality, that doesn't work because that, we're the only league doing that, um, and everywhere else, even even like tiers three and four are like still operating in the transfer window. So it's like it, the Premier League is getting a little bit hampered by that, and um, it's also like you know, think of player like the season just started and somebody's just torching it and and in La Liga or something and Premier League could still feasibly bid on it. Um and Naki Williams become a player for them. Yeah. Nah nah yeah he needs no, to stay there forever. Yeah he's gonna stay. But yeah he's the, the absolute point, loyal goat. It was funny yeah, because oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying yeah it's it's just like I'm not knocking them for doing it because even me, like I'll admit I, I said it was a good idea and it makes sense but yeah, we've had we've had two sample sizes of this now, and it, it just doesn't flow right. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily make sense to keep doing. Yeah, um, we we should be in line with all the top leagues in Europe, and that's what's going to keep the Premier League a top league in Europe. It's, it's just doing the same thing as everybody else. We're already better than all the other leagues. I feel like so. Yeah, death wise especially. And I, yeah. I just the quick point to add to it. Um, I think part of it is I like I think the the idea is like okay if we push up the the uh, deadline teams will you know move forward and doing business and doing business faster and what ended up actually happening is that you had a couple teams like a couple signings in the Premier League that were early on um, 
Rodri, I think for Man City, that was pretty early on. But everything else happened within the last three weeks. And it's like the same exact issue you had before is happening now, except you're missing out on an entire, you're missing out on doing business with so many other clubs because everyone waits the last month or so to actually get business done in, in their transfer windows. Um, and so much gets done during that final week and final two weeks that it's like, you're like Greg said, you're missing out on so much business, so many potential deals and steals and potential breakout players um, because we wait. And so I think it's good. And and um, the Chronicle was saying um, that the decision is probably going to be voted on um, sometime in November or late September, um, potentially October. Um, sorry, potentially September, uh, probably October, November. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, the, the last time we had the vote like this, Man City was the only team to vote against um, shortening the transfer window, and they're probably the only team, one of the only teams that's actually handled the shortened transfer window well. They they make signings at a decent pace. They make signings early. They try to get guys in early. They try to get guys midway through the window, and they make a couple signs at the end. So, I mean, shout out to them. Uh, it didn't really kill uh, any of their business plans. Yeah. All right, let's get into our second-round League Cup match against Leicester. Um, Newcastle United lose this one in penalties. Uh, we'll we'll start by talking about the lineups. It was, I was we were, you know during the preview, it was tough to tell what we were going to do and what we did was we came out with seven changes from the team at Spurs. Um, only Cher, Richie, and Hayden, oh, and Craft were were in the lineup. For both, for Spurs and this. So, uh, just to run it down real quick, and then I'll get your thoughts, Elijah. Uh, we had Carl Darlow, Emil Croft, Fabian Scher, Kieran Clark, Federico Fernandez, Jetro Willems, John Joe Shelby, Matty Longstaff, Isaac Hayden, Matt Ritchie, and Yoshinori Mito. Yeah, I mean, um, when I saw the lineup, I essentially thought, given the the amount of injuries that we'd heard about, um, this was the strongest lineup I felt Newcastle could put out. I mean, we know Gale's injured. We know Alan St. Maxman's injured. Um, we knew that Lascelles came up with a knock. He had to be subbed off. We we not we saw Joel Linton, who should have been subbed off earlier than he was. He was injured as well. Um, we saw as well Miguel Admiron apparently had a bit of an ankle thing. I didn't really see that one for my from from my own eyes. We knew Dummett was had played the last two matches carrying a training knock. So it's like. As it was as close to the first team you could possibly get, and Steve Bruce could have easily, like Rafa has done, if you look at the lineups for our cup matches the last two seasons, he could have easily have rested guys who were not not even that guys who were clear bench players. Um, you know, maybe like a Jetro Willems who is right now for a, a clear impact sub for Steve Bruce. Um, Rafa even at times would rest those guys in favor of giving fringe players a chance to, to make an impression um, during these cup matches. And Steve Bruce didn't even give those guys a chance. The only fringe player that got a chance is Matty Longstaff. And I, I think Steve Bruce just loves the Longstaff brothers. Like I think he think he think I think he knows he's supposed to like them, so he plays them and talks them up. He gasses them gasses them up a lot. Um, and so, I don't know. I think this was the strongest lineup Newcastle could have put out, given the circumstances. And I know there's some people who are like, we don't know if those guys are really injured. We just saw what happened to Alan St. Maxman. I'm not chancing that again with, you know, potentially losing Joel Linton because we want to move on in the EFL Cup um, past the, 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 the first round against a team against Leicester. I mean, I'd rather have Joel Linton banging goals in in the Premier League uh, and keeping us alive rather than him playing this match, us potentially winning, and then us getting relegated. Um, and, and the same is held for anyone else. I mean, the only player I'm completely fine with you playing kind of injured is Lascelles because we have depth and center back, as we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, You know, I, I thought, it, honestly, it was, it was a pretty strong lineup, and then I saw Leicester's, and I was like, oh, wow, they definitely have a stronger lineup than us. Um, they, they only, I think they only had two, yeah, they only had two, two changes from their, from their last league match. So, uh, the going for it in quotation marks, it was definitely on the Leicester side of things. Um, so let's get into the match a little bit. We're not going to go in the super detail because guess what? 
It wasn't streamed anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> so like nowhere. You could only listen to it. Uh, but Newcastle came out in a 3-4-2-1 formation. Shelby and Hayden were sitting. Little Longstaff um, were, and Richie were behind Muto. Willems at left wing back. Croft at, at right. And Booze for Perez on his return. I saw people, and this is not going to be a surprise to you, Elijah. I saw people were complaining about booing Perez. Shut up. <laughs> Let us boo Perez. Fans do two things. They cheer and they boo. Let us boo. If we want to boo whoever we want, that's fine. Shut up. Who cares? I'm done with it. Like yeah. it's just a boo. We're not we're not attacking his family. We're yeah. just booing. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's just a boo. Shut up. I'm so tired of that that slander. But I'm a Philadelphia fan, so it that's was the reason it, for it, my it felt, anchor towards it. If it. And all those people tweeting that they felt so woke. They're like, it's a shame we boo- that fans were willing to boo a player that gave so much for the club. And I'm like. <laughs> Whoop the fucking dude, dude! Come on, like who? Who cares? I mean, <laughs> like, if you watch him, like so I want, I want like, them to whatever. watch film from the first half of last season and explain to me where Perez gave his all for the club. Like, uh, yeah. uh, cool. I mean, and and I've said this. I ha- I'm pretty neutral towards Iose Perez. I don't fucking, I don't hate him. I don't love him. Um, I think if I'm in that situation, I wouldn't boo him because I recognize he's great at times and he's bad at times. But I respect the fact that people want to boo him. I mean. He kind of peace on the club, and whether or not you agree with how he did it or why he did it is is up to you. And some people were in favor of it, in favor of it, and some people didn't like it. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's just that that narrative is so annoying to me. Oh my god, I can't believe they booed him. It's like, look, these supporters at the game, they have time out of their day on a Wednesday to go to the match and pay whatever money it costs for them to sit in that seat. They can boo whoever the hell they want. <laughs> like, shut up. The end. Um, so Perez got booed and I would have been one of them, one of the ones booing him. Um, no surprise there though. Um, but actually it was Perez got the first good look of the match. Um, I thought that Perez was going to score and we kind of all thought Perez is definitely going to score against Newcastle this year. So we figured why not now, but it was a through ball played by Perea and, uh, Federico Fernandez. Pretty, pretty nice. Sliding tackle save right there uh, to block the shot. Um, but the match was was very uh, – it started very one-sided for Leicester. I mean, just a, just a better team. Um, and then I then I, I noticed, thanks to Chris Woff, said that we kind of changed the formation to a 5-4-1. Um, but with possession, they transformed to a 3-4-2-1. Um, okay, okay. So, so Brucey pretty with interesting, tactics. yeah, pretty interesting feedback there. It's essentially a three-four-three, but they're staggering the attack a little bit more, which I like to see. I, I'm fine with trying that stuff out, especially like in this situation. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't really a chance besides that first minute chance for for Perez until Madison scored. Um, that was. That was, uh, I don't know, 35th minute, I think it was. It was a free kick conceded. Um, it was pretty much Shelby and Willems that conceded the free kick. Madison stepped up to take it. He, he tried to lift it over the wall, but it takes a massive deflection off the side of the wall, and Darlow was called out. Um, it came off of Richie's head, and it was deflected into the bottom corner. So right there, one nothing. Lester, what's your thoughts there? Anything? I'm going to give my thoughts after you finish this because I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm I'm just mad thinking about how fucking dumb our fans are sometimes. We should probably put the explicit uh, thing on on this one because I said the F word twice. So Uh oh, Uh -oh. I don't think Um, we have any children listeners anyway. Well, we'll find out when they get mad because. They're playing this on their way to school, and here you are dropping f bombs. Yeah, you know? tweet tweet at us if you're a child. <laughs> um, yeah, so it got got to halftime. Um, Richie was hurt, got replaced by Atu, and we're we're losing. And it's only that it's, only, it's because of def- deflected free kick. That's the only reason why we're we're down. Um, but like Lester, Lester was the better team. Uh, that's not. That's not a uh, an argument there, but you know it's, it sucks to be down by something that's kind of out of our control. Um, 
Also of note, Emil Kraft went down the tunnel at halftime, holding the back of his leg. So that was interesting. And another criticism, and this has been this is probably the third time we've criticized Steve Bruce. Um, there's no there's no forwards on the bench. We forgot to mention that. So when Atsu what, came what, on, what forward would you put on the bench, Greg? Sorensen, I guess. No, he's, no, he's, he's on, on loan. Oh uh, yeah, now that I think about it, yeah we. Which is exactly no what I said. You have three strikers at the club. One of them's injured. What I mean, I don't know what, what people want. I mean, like, well, who do you two, want to start, you fucking sign the... some bloke off the street who who plays forward? I mean, I, I don't know. Andy Carroll's yeah. injured. Like, uh, 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 what yeah, is he supposed to do? There would be nobody left. But <laughs> well, yeah, because Jolinton's hurt. Dwight and Andy are hurt. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um. So the most. Basically, the most of offensive option that we had was Longstaff on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not key. I can guarantee that. Um, so, but Kraft did continue the second half. Um, and, you know, he lasted five minutes. Yeah, but I'd say he, he, they, he got into the second half and then was subbed off. Yeah, and, the, and literally five minutes later, uh, Atletico Madrid's Javier Mequillo came on. Um but that, and that and that's what the team needed. We needed a little man Keo in our lives, and guess what? Goal, goal, goal and machine. That, and this was a beautiful goal, ladies and gentlemen. Let me walk you through this beautiful thing. Maddie Longstaff, Lil Longstaff wins a free kick, kicks it down the right. Hayden Bencherfa takes it, plays it a beautifully cross ball to Willems, who just gets abducted by some spirit <laughs> i don't know like i no one has ever gotten tackled and has fallen like willems did <laughs> yeah. it's never happened in the history of some, the world. some are he, calling it a dive no it's it's not because literally a dive is like you faking a fall this is like literally his soul was abducted from his body <laughs> like all of his limbs just spread out in this weird unnatural formation that he like it was the most hilarious, in quotes, dive I've ever seen. Uh, there was an exorcism on Willem's soul. And I think the defense was so distracted by that display, Muto just walked up to that ball and flicked it on in, baby. Let's go! One-on-one mm. <laughs> -on -one Newcastle, what do you thought on that play? And the incredible job. We're going to, you know what? Willem's got his first career assist. I'm going to call it right now. That was an assist by Willem's. What do you think about that assist by Willems? I think it was probably Willems' only assist of the first <laughs> half of the season. <laughs> yeah, um, great I job. I hope he plays some more, dude. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you like Willems? I, I want Willems to be good because I think that our buyout clause for him is kind of low, and I just don't think Matt Ritchie is going to be our guy forever. But it, he's making a pretty damn good case for himself to retain that starting left wing back position because of his work rate. And, like, I don't know, unless Willems is, like, going to be a Marcelo-level passer, I don't think Bruce is going to drop uh, Richie to the bench. Yeah. But it is possible because I think Jetro is just – I think Jetro might be the more rounded offensive player in terms of passing ability, and he's he's also a danger on set pieces. But, but yeah, yeah, Richie is just – he's just got that locked up for the time being. <laughs> Um, and then we pretty much get to the, the 15 minutes to go mark and it was a, a very close opportunity for us. Um, Mankio was going down the, the right, he gave it to a little long staff, um, and Lesser cleared and then Shelby who just absolutely runs up and just pummels this ball. And Schmeichel was able to save it and, and held on to the second attempt. But that definitely could have been something. That was probably, I mean, the goal was a tap-in. But um, that was probably our best chance from open play Yeah. outside of that. Um, then Willems came off. Dummett came on. Willems pulled up a little bit. And that was that was it. It was, it was definitely a far better display in the second than it was the first. Um Lester seemed pretty frustrated, and they have a way better side on the pitch. So, like, like in a league match, if that was the lineups, we'd be very happy with a point there. 
but you know this is this is a cup tie and at penalties it <laughs> the problem with penalties I said we would win on penalties and actually the official questionnaire of CHN Radio Trevor Mooney commented to me about that he was like you think we have enough players that would actually make a penalty <laughs> which I, I was like you know what fair point because I didn't like now thinking about it like and seeing that display there we don't have players that can actually make a <laughs> make a penalty um Fuchs scored, Muto scored, Madison scored, Paneka. Oh, Muto's was an absolute gem, apparently. Yeah, it was a a great penalty from him. Um, Madison with the Paneka. Shelby's was saved. Thielman scored. Um, Barnes's pen was saved by Darlow. It was a very bad pen. Hayden's was saved. That was a pretty awesome save by Schmeichel. Vardy scored. And advanced four to two, uh, and knocked Newcastle United for the third straight time out of the League Cup in the second round. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's it. Um. Do you want to? Do you have anything else to add, or should we go to quotes? I, I, I just there's a lot of fans who I've seen who I who are follow who we follow like coming home Newcastle that account who were upset about this result and mad at Steve Bruce for not going for it. And, and to those que- to those fans, I asked one question. Like, well, like, what do you want? I mean, wh- what do you want? Do you want us to play injured players? I mean, do, do you want us to, to you know, somehow sign a bunch of free agents like that, that, are, that are starting quality? I mean, like we said, this was probably the best possible team Newcastle could have put out given the circumstances. I'm sure if we were playing like and and the other thing is that like this team doesn't look like a great team when you're comparing it to the fact that Leicester pretty much started their first team. But if we had drawn to literally anyone else, if we had drawn to Aston Villa even, um, that would be that people wouldn't be mad about the team selection. If we had drawn to uh, Luton Town or Sheffield Sheffield United or Sheffield Wednesday, people wouldn't be mad. But we drew to another Premier League team, and like that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. It was, like, it was the toughest draw, technically. So. It, I mean, it, it's not even. Yeah, it, it was, and and so I I just I don't know what fans want. I mean, like Greg said, we literally had one forward on the bench. I'm sorry we couldn't start Joel Linton, who literally got injured the last match. I'm sorry we we couldn't we couldn't start Miguel Almiron. We couldn't start Alan St. Maxman. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say to you. Um, and then to be so upset about this loss, I get it. You want to be successful in the cup, but it wasn't a bad loss. Newcastle didn't go out there and get beat for nothing. They lost on pens, which is literally the best. And every journalist who was there, I literally, I checked, checked the receipts. I checked all of their Twitters. Chris said it. Um, Mark, Mark Douglas said it. Lee said it. Um, Craig Hope said it. Any journalist who was there and watching the match all said the same thing. This is the best they've seen Newcastle perform in the first round of a cup in the past few seasons. Like, Newcastle played well. They frustrated Leicester. Leicester's only goal, Leicester's only goal came from a deflected free kick off of Matt Ritchie's head. It didn't. They, they didn't score a goal. A goal out. So they didn't score anything from from open play. They, they literally scored a deflected free kick. Like I, yeah. I don't I don't know what people and we lost in pens. Like I, I I'm just I'm just confused. And if if you want to debate me on this, I got all day. I I don't do I have, it's a long weekend in the states. Tweet at me. Like tell me why you're so mad. Like and I can and literally the reason you should be mad is Newcastle just don't have the depth to go on a no, cup it's, run. It's it, like Ashley, that's the reason. Yeah. And and we've said this as a podcast. Don't direct your anger at Steve Bruce. I get it. He's not. He's not your first choice. He wasn't anyone's first choice. He's been here for three matches, two Premier League matches, or three three Premier League matches, and one total, one yeah. cup matches. Yeah, four matches. Like the the issues that everyone is having right now all come from one man. It's Mike Ashley and his and his reluctance to actually invest in this club. It's it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Mm-hmm. Very true. So go into quotes. See Bruce. Said, it's frustrating. We have to accept it and get on with it. It's been cruel to us. I can't do anything but the problems we had, the way we went about our work. I was delighted. Defensively, we looked rock solid at Spurs and Arsenal and today. I just hope the attacking side comes now, which I think it will. Players are disappointed, especially the ones who miss penalties. 
It's a dark and lonely place, but they can take positives out of the performance. <laughs> I can't really remember my goalkeeper making a save in the 90 minutes. That's literally my point. When did Lester have a chance on, on goal? I mean, d- that was so dumb. Also, Steve Bruce, just he's got some really good quotes hidden in some gems that he's been, <laughs> he's been giving us the past couple of times. So I respect that. Um, some stats. Um, this is Newcastle United's competitive shootout record. 1970, and lost to Pesky Doza. 1980, lost to the club very close to us that I will not mention. 91, lost to Tranmere Rovers. 92, lost to Burnmouth. 95, lost to Chelsea. 98, lost to Rovers. 2003, lost to Everton. 2004, lost to Partizan Belgrade. 2006-2007 season, beat Watford. Then lost to Hall, then lost to Leicester. We've only won one shootout ever, ever in competitive history for Newcastle United. That's my first stat. Second stat, since World War II, the Longstaffs, Sean and Maddie, become the 14th set of brothers to have ever played competitively for Newcastle United. Who are the other 13, Elijah? <laughs> I know you won't get them. Oh, yes. but good, good, good but, job. But you'll get some. I will get none I, of them. Too. I think... Yes, you de- you better get one. Uh, uh, I don't know. Who's the Mackham Slayer? Oh, Jack Colback. <laughs> the Amiobis. Okay. Luke and Cien Dijon. Yeah. Young. Okay, I, I definitely should have gotten both of those. Yes, for sure. I'm a, I'm very actually disappointed. The others. George and Ten, Robletto, Ron and Chris Guthrie, Keith and Alan Kennedy, Peter and Chris Wythe, Maddie and Richie Appleby, Lomana and Kazinga Lualua, and then Shola's, Shola and Sammy, and then Luke and Sia. That's 14 set of brothers that have played. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Carl Darlow, that was his 60th competitive match for Newcastle. Good for him. Uh, it was almost a year ago was his 59th. <laughs> well, it, it's also which is also in the, that which is, is also his 60th in the one, considering he's he's like one of the longest tenured players at the club right now. Yeah. Um, also wanted to congrats our samurai, Yoshinari Muto. It was his first goal at St. James's Park. That's Did you see his, his quote on it? Uh, no, I didn't. He said, it's my job to score goals. Ooh. I, um, what a saucy take that is. That was his ninth appearance at home, and it was his first goal. Huh. Uh, yeah, and the other stat, that's Lester has now won four straight trips to Newcastle. Oh, good um, for them. Yeah, so that's the stats. Um Going? Do you have a best worst player? I, it's tough to. It's really tough to, to go into this. No, but I, I from what I've read, but. um, it, it Maddie Longstaff looked pretty decent against uh, a side. Nothing impressive, but I do want people to remember. Um, Sean Longstaff didn't look that impressive. He looked good, but not as impressive as he has been in his first couple appearances with the first team. And of course, I, I think I guess his third ever appearance for the first team was against Liverpool as a sub and he obviously looked brilliant there and then the rest is history so I think that there were some people who were expecting Maddie Longstaff to come in and like you know boss the midfield and like he made some mistakes he had some good moments like winning that free kick um but I mean at the end of the day it, it was his first match with the big boys and it was against a pretty solid Premier League team so um just shout out to him uh and shout out to Matt Ritchie for somehow still holding it down yeah but he only played 47 minutes, whatever it was. Um, Matt Ritchie, I mean. My worst player is Carl, Carl Darlow because he like didn't have a single save. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. That's a good it, thing. Also not his fault. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, 
and and best player and this is solely because like I could only listen. I've seen some highlights, but it literally we could not view it. There was not even a stream available, so it's very tough to judge on this one. So I'm just going to give it to our samurai Yoshinori Muto because he scored, even though it was a tap in. <laughs> and like big shout out to Jetro Willems on the assist. Yeah, did he count that? As, if this were the MLS, they'd count that as an assist. <laughs> Which I did yeah. not realize the MLS does hockey style assists. Yes, sorry. they do. That's I, I'm sorry, Greg. That's one of the dumbest things about the MLS. That's <laughs> no. so it, like, it's act, you don't know anything about the MLS if you think, or sorry, about MLS if you think that's one of the dumbest things about it. <laughs> well, it's it's in the top fifty at least. <laughs> okay, I can yeah. give you that. Oh yeah, no, there, there's a the list. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> that's nowhere near the top ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we're, we're going to get into our preview of Watford, and we're going to do that right after this little message from our friends. Here we are, Premier League match day number four, number 19, Newcastle United against number 20, Watford. We are dubbing this the Basement Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. The loser to the basement. Yeah, I that's, mean, how, that's, actually, that's how it's a six-pointer. It. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's our first six-pointer. Um, yeah, so this is this is a big one. There's been a lot of press because Watford, they've they, they look awful. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of articles out there actually about how why Watford have been so bad, and this is is this finally the time that they realize that they're just not as good as they as they've been playing. Um, they seem to have a pretty poor manager that can't figure anything out. I mean, they look abysmal right now. They look very um, bad. So this is a good opportunity for Newcastle United to get two wins on the trot. That would be ideal. So let's let's get into some some facts about this match. Um, we'll we'll do some injuries, and like we we do say this a lot, a lot of clubs have injuries, uh, but. It's got to be true. There's nobody that has the injuries that, like we do. So let me run through our injuries real quick. And then uh, then we'll do lineup predictions. Sound good? Yeah. This is who is out for Newcastle. Andy Carroll, St. Gucci Max, Dwight Gale, Florian Lejeune, DeAndre Yedlin. This is who is doubtful for Newcastle. Miguel Almiron, Golan Toon, Colback, Croft, Richie, and Willems. Um, yes, that's not good. <laughs> Because that means we're pretty much starting our League Cup side again. Um, so that's, I mean, I don't really have much else. That's just the facts. Yeah. Um, so, But Newcastle could be missing 11 players this weekend. That's crazy to think about. Um, on Watford's side, it, it, Javi Garcia, the manager, he's under massive pressure, obviously. Um, so I'm looking here for changes to their formation. Because now he has Danny Welbeck and uh, Ismailia Sar, right? Yeah, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Ismailia Sar are both available, but Troy Deeney is unavailable. He will be. He will not play in this match. So Elijah, based on those facts, what do you see our starting lineup to be for Newcastle? Uh, I mean, uh, I, this is this is almost as much of a guess as a League Cup is. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, or actually, uh, it's it's probably not. It's probably just the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be very similar. I mean, I, we don't know how in. I don't know. We don't know how injured some of these guys are. I mean, for for example, Alan St. Maxman was doubtful until you know we saw him start, and then we saw oh, that no, ended. Alan St. Maxman's out. He was listed. He's listed as out. We're no, no, playing. I was just saying in reference. You saw, you know, and Miguel. I don't think Alan St. Max is going to play. It's not like like Miguel. Oh, I know. was doubtful. Okay, okay, okay. That's what I was saying. So it's like you got guys who are doubtful and guys who are out. I mean, who are who are you know who have training knocks and guys who just got injured, like Emil Kraft. Like what what's that look like? So it just. I mean, my my best bet is that we go with a very similar lineup. Um, that we that we went we went with uh this past weekend. Um, yeah. I mean, I could see LaSalle's probably getting him, him himself back into the, the first team. I'm sure Richie will start. Um, you know, I don't know if Steve Bruce wants to risk it with starting Kraft um, because he did get subbed off. I wouldn't be mad with Mankio. I think if you even start Mankio, that back line's going to be solid enough to prevent Wofford from scoring. Um, and, 
depending on who's in the midfield, I mean, Newcastle can they can they can they have the ability to score at least one or two goals in this match. And so, I mean, I would, I'm sure it could be Hayden and, and Longstaff unless both of them are injured. I'm, I'm not. I don't think they are. Um, with maybe Muto up top, I, I, I have, it's it's a blind guess. I mean, who knows? And I. It's possible we could see Joel Linton. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it's possible that we see. So I, I can see a world where Golentune and the Paraguayan Protractor play. Yeah, uh, I be just because they've had they've had the rest. Um, I can see a world where Atu. I, I can see honestly see a world where like Amaran and Atu become just winners in this match. Just yeah, because of depth issues. Uh, the one, the one issue. This is my biggest concern for this match. We have no attacking options right now. I mean, none. Our, it, it, like, it's just not not something that's happening for us. And that's that's a concern against a very desperate team. Um, we got a goal against Leicester. We got a goal against Spurs. The goal against Spurs was nice. Um, and the goal against Leicester was... was thanks, Jetro. <laughs> um... So it, it is a concern with our attacking options being hurt. Uh, it's going to be pretty tough to get anything, but we're, play, we're we're lucky we're playing who we're playing. Let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be different if this was like Southampton or or um, I mean, at this point, I guess Sheffield and Brighton, where yeah, it's kind of more of a six pointer. But this, the, you you could you could make some mistakes and not get as punished against Watford in their current yeah. state. Um, so what does Newcastle United have to do to get three points in this match, Elijah? It's going to be probably the first match. Newcastle are going to need to control um, control possession here um, because I think Watford are going to try to go at us, but they're not. We, we there's no reason to let them have the ball. I mean, they, like they don't have the players in their midfield or in their attack to really be able to cycle the ball in and out. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like if Newcastle can uh, assert some sort of dominance in the possession area and win the ball in the middle of the pitch and retain possession, then they should have no problem creating chances um, because that, and now you're not relying on Miguel Admiral and Joel Linton spacing. Um, you're just relying on, on guys to make runs, which is, I think is a little bit easier than just spur of the moment counterattacking football where it's like, oh, if Joel Linton looks up and there's no Miguel Amaron, then he's screwed. Here, if you're retaining possession and cycling around, you can set players up for good chances, maybe get some secondary runs in behind, and before you know it, there's a goal being scored. So I think that's the key for Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think what we, what we need to do is figure out how we're going to attack, and and that's it. The, the big advantage for Newcastle is the fact that we're home. This is at St. James's Park. Yeah. This is literally, like, this is, that's the reason why we have a good opportunity here. Um, so they, they need to really focus on the attack and get something out of it. That's the only way that I see this working out. Um, as far as Watford goes, is there any players that you want to point out? I have a few. Okay. And I, I pointed the same out last year. <laughs> Um, De La Feu. Yeah. He's he is, he is a really good, a really, really good Christian Atsu because he cannot finish to save his damn life, but he will create so much. Um, and Ducare, Hall of Boss. Pinaranda is also very good. Uh, is he injured? No. But he was, but he was fun yeah. to watch. Um, he was like, is he on the he, team? I don't think he's there. Bro, he's showing up here on on the who scored? Who is it? Aldebert Aldeberto Penaranda. He came on last. He he started against Newcastle in the controversial, both controversial Watford matches last year. He was like a winger slash secondary striker um, who they they threw oh. on, and he was very good. He plays for Venezuela national team. Real young guy, probably one of their most promising players outside of Isaac Success, I guess. But, yeah. Um, are you sure? Okay. Yes, I am sure. 
He okay. got he was he he got he he's been at Wofford since 2016. He's been on loan three times. Um, I mean, oh, twice actually. Only yeah, only twice. He just made an appearance in the EFL Cup match. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, but there, I mean, but right now it seems like for some reason I have no uh, idea who that is. <laughs> but I will say this: I, I just think because I just know he was so good against Newcastle last season. He was like one of their only guys creating a lot of chances. But in reality, Wait. I don't know if he'll play because they it looks like they're running kind of a two striker system with Danny Welbeck and Isaac Sess, which is kind of what I saw. Um, which I guess the player to watch out for would be Danny Welbeck because I think he's somewhat solid. Uh, I don't know. Well, they've been okay, and Pereira is good too. I remember him. He's like a midfielder for them. He's good. Yeah, Roberto Pereira. Per- Pereira. Yeah, but Pereira. 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 Um. Yeah, because I'm I'm confused because I like De La Feu is the one that's destroyed us last year. But I, I yes. for some reason I'm blanking on who this person is. But either way, yeah, watch out for him, dude. Just <laughs> um, just think he was just the uh, the Venezuelan guy with the blonde hair. Okay. I don't know. Um, I think... Yeah, I think De a... definitely had a bigger impact, but they subbed on Panarenda both matches, I'm pretty sure, and he's one of the guys that just was like... Like, he just had a lot of energy and was just running all over the pitch, and Newcastle just really didn't have that much of an answer for him. Created some chances, not really a goal-scoring threat, but just a guy who he was he looked good against Newcastle last season. Yeah. Well, I, I think their front three is going to be like a Danny Welbeck... Saar and De La Feu, or their, their their attacking options. I think I would bet, um, but I mean, outside yeah, I of guess... De La Feu, who is there anyone on this team that you would sign right now? Ducure, Ducure, Saar yeah. for me. Yeah, I would, I would, I would love to have him, another midfielder like him. Yeah. Um, oh, and Daryl Yanmot, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching out for him. <laughs> you watch out for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much <laughs> what we have there. Um, as far as, do you, do you have anything else to add, Elijah? Um, no, I'm, I'm excited for this. I mean, I guess we should get into some predictions or stats or I don't know. What's oh, next? yeah, some statatistos. How do you say stats in, in German? I don't remember, dude. It's been a while. Sometimes you can you can throw that out, though. Yeah, it's true, but not for just random words like stats. I mean, I could look it up, and I could probably say it correctly, but... Yeah, no, that, that, that doesn't count, unfortunately. I'll just drop it in here as a nugget, and you'll just be like, oh, was that the German word for stats? And I'll be like, yes, it was. The last... Uh, this is my, my stat. Well, I, I have two, uh, but one like legit stat. Who was the last... It's a question, actually. It's trivia for you. Who was the last Newcastle United player to score against Watford? Um, I guess our last match was, was that 2-1 or 3-2 against Watford? It was by one goal, right? Or maybe it was, or maybe yeah, it was a draw. It, it was, no, no, we won one nothing, and he's no longer on the team, and we just played that team. Oh, so it's Iosu Press. Yes. Now, before that, who was the last player? Uh, Karen Clark. Daryl Yanma. No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, 20, 2015 16. Yep. We, oh, wow. Are Watford our bogey team? How have we not scored against them? <laughs> we, we've, so just, uh, we, we lost, so we had a big break from, uh, we played them and with Peter Lovencran scored against them in 2009 2010 season, and then we didn't play them until 2015. When we dropped down and Darion Mott scored, and then uh, or right before we dropped down, and then we lost. We lost in that match two to one. Then we lost our, when we came back up three nothing, and then we finally beat them uh, one nothing with Perez. So we won the last match. We just lost. We haven't played them a lot, to be honest. Are you blown away? No, I mean, it makes sense. I was just thinking about it through my head, like, as you were saying it. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess Wofford really, like, they were, I don't know, we just haven't really been in the premise at the same time well, until as of recent. Yeah, yeah. And that's so. more their fault than ours. Well, yeah, they were in the championship, so. <laughs> yeah. That's how that um, works, yeah. So, 538, 
It predicts how the matches are going to go for each of the matches <laughs> of the Premier League season. And for this upcoming one, it's going to be a very interesting one. They have Newcastle United with a 47% chance to win against Watford, a 28% chance that we lose, and a 26% chance that we draw. So pretty good odds for Newcastle. Basically, uh, they have us at a 64 whatever percent chance that we are going to at least get a point. So pretty good odds for Newcastle. Um, going on that, Elijah, what are your predictions for the match? Uh, 2 nothing Newcastle. Really? Yeah. Any Anything else that you'd like to add? Um, Miguel Amaro like, scores first. Oh, oh, there we go. There That's is. what I was waiting for. Oh, yeah. Jeez. All right. Um, so, if he plays. If he plays. Well, yeah, because if he doesn't is, play, he's not yeah, going to score. But this is the perfect team to do it against. Like... They don't have a great keeper. Oh, and oh man, I just now I was just it just had a flashback to the Tottenham match where he had just that chance was so gorgeous and it looked like it was going in and it was going to be probably one of Newcastle's goal of the seasons, just like that curling in left hand corner and just barely took that deflection. Oh, anyway, yeah. The, yeah, like, the keeper's Ben Foster for we yeah, but say he's not going so. up against Lurie, so like he could probably sneak out one in off a rebound and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. I've said this before. Miguel Andron is a player that, um, too, sometimes to a fault, looks to pass before he looks to score. Um, and so, I mean, I just think this is the team where he could probably nab a goal. All right. Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Watford, obviously, they don't have a point. They're the only team that doesn't have a point. Um, it's a must-win match for Watford. But they're on the road at St. James's Park. Um, they just had a, a big League Cup win. They played Coventry, won easily. Um, so they're going to have a little bit more confidence, but a lot of those players didn't play. Um, and there's a ton of injuries for Newcastle United. But I am going to say that Newcastle United win this, and I think they win this via an own goal. Yeah. Anything else, Elijah, that you want to add? An own goal. Yes. That's so negative, dude. Yeah. Steve Bruce has been, he just proved that he was a master tactician. Did you see he switched formations in defense and attack? Which is <laughs> one not... step above. Hey, wait. It's one step above what he did at Tottenham, which is one step above not having any tactics at all. So we're, we're trending upwards in the Steve <laughs> Bruce might have tactics train. So give him some credit. Is it is it negative if he set up his tactics in a way so that an own goal will happen? I don't think so. Mm, you, you, you raise, you raise quite an interesting point. <laughs> I never approached it like that. Yeah. See? See? You have to you have to look at it from the realistic angle. Yeah, I I mean Wow. That, he said, that set up this way so the defense bucks. sets up this way and shoot it this way so the defense scores for you. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's If, if he were able to win matches solely on teams like <laughs> like scoring own goals, he would probably win manager of the season. Yeah. Like, if, if, if Newcastle were averaging, like, two own goals, well, not them scoring own goals, but two own goals, I guess, I wouldn't say own goals against. Maybe is that the right stat? Anyway, if other teams were averaging two own goals against Newcastle every match, like you'd have to you'd have to tip your cap to Steve Bruce for something. Yes. All right. Well. Um, oh, and also I have one more prediction: is the person that shoots the shot that is the own goal is Matt Ritchie. No, well, that's that's not much play. of a prediction at all. I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to have the shot that that. Flex and goes in. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to take one more ad and then get to your questions and then we outie. So let's do that now, I guess. All right, question time. Elijah, are you ready? Say yes right now. Yes. But, wow, that worked. That worked out really well. Great job. The chemistry is building on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's almost it's like evident. we've done this a year. Yeah. Um, okay, so some questions. Um, Mile High Jordy at Mile High Jordy. All right. 
Mile High Jordy says, should we have started Dubrovka in the cup as Leicester went with their number one? Um, I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Well, what, mean, what, what would that have done? Well, I mean, he wouldn't did, have saved did, the deflection, but yeah. maybe say, I mean, but that's, still an, un, that's not even a given. What? I don't know if that's a given that he would have saved the deflection. No, I said I said he wouldn't have. Probably yeah, that's what I'm said. saying. Yeah, like, like I mean, well, I, if Lester, I said would have, I meant he wouldn't have. Yeah, and, and Dollar did save a pen. Yeah, it's I, not Dollar's fault that we missed. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That, that, that's I'm sorry. I mean, I, what do you want? I like I, I don't know. I mean, he d- like Darlow did what he had to do. As if you're a keeper in a penalty shootout. You, your one, your job is to stop at least one pen to put your team in a, in, a, in a position to win. And Leicester's keeper to Newcastle's fault, they, he saved two pens. But it's not like it's not like Darlow got gassed every pen and we lost in straight pen. Like there was, there has to be some fault placed on. I guess it was like yeah, Isaac Hayden and and it's definitely Dr. more of the attackers than it was Darlow. Darlow didn't make a save. Yeah, and and, and, and there was... Leicester didn't have a shot on goal. Like you're just wasting Dubrovka at that point. I mean, they had a couple. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, like sure, it we would still have lost in pens if you if the exact same events occurred and you played and and you had Dubrovka in goal. There is nothing that Dubrovka would have done that would have made Newcastle win, because even if Dubrovka say Dubrovka makes that save. And say Dubrovka makes makes the same like if it's everything's the exact same Dubrovka makes the save Newcastle still missed two pens and one was a really good save and one was a bad pen well, wait if he makes a save on that deflection and everything else they say we win one nothing what what well, no, no, I'm saying, but I'm saying you and I both said that deflection was unsavable. Yeah, and I'm yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. if Dubrovka you have Dubrovka make a save in the penalty shootout. Yeah, and I, I agree. Also, Dubrovka, if we started Dubrovka, I mean that's fine, but that that's it's not it's not Darlow's fault. I mean definitely. Now, not. If, um, if, that, if 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 Mile High Jordy said, would like if Mile High Jordy said hey, if we started Almiron and Joel Linton, then yes, that's a different story. But we we didn't and. Like move on. I'm sorry. Move then, on. Well, We're I don't know the if they're not. Keep it going. Who cares? Focus on the well, prem. This is a question about. This is about the cup. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, Eliza's heated. Um, how can Shelby pick out a blade of grass with a pass from 50 yards, but take such a terrible penalty? Does he need glasses for short sightedness? Actually, that is something that's pretty interesting. Like, how is he so bad at this? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't see why not. Like. Maybe Shelby could be like, hey, like, can we change the rule that it, it can be from that spot or anywhere behind? Yeah, because like, Shelby he's got just sets long, up 30 yards out goals. and just pings it in the top corner. That's what I think should happen. It's like, remember when they the NBA used to have free throws where you could just dunk? Yeah. If you wanted to? That's what they should do with, with uh, like, something similar with PKs and just allow Shelby to set up 30 yards out. Yeah, there's a better chance. <laughs> John Joe Shelby has not converted a penalty for Newcastle United. Yes, no, he he hasn't. <laughs> so He's I, bad. take that take that as you may, and and I don't know. I mean, I feel like he hasn't attempted that many. I don't. Th- I think I mean, that no, was the you first one. You don't really get many chances unless you're in. Cup yeah, I think that was the first one. Someone someone no, no, tweeted. Uh, he w- he also missed one in the League Cup a couple years ago. Okay, well, he's taken two and he's missed two. Other than that, he's hit all three of the penalties he's been asked to to uh, to hit, even against known penalty stopper Tim Howard um, against Everton back when he was with Swansea. So, um, At Batman's Milkman says, after his goal against Leicester, can you see Muto ever being a reliable contributor of goals? Yeah, I'll start with this one. Oh, you uh, because I I predicted last year that he was going to be he was going to replace Perez, and that beginning of the season last year, that's what I said. I said Muto would replace Perez, and Perez would become redundant. Um, I was wrong, and I think this goal was so in- insignificant, and it just rolled right to him, and it was a tap in that it's not going to change it. He didn't 
he he was just fortunate to be in the right place there, which is uh, which is a talent. But no, I, I don't think this starts anything. I think uh, I think it, that was a lot of luck and less about skill. To be fair, it was the right talent. It's the it's the same talent Iose Perez had. Yeah. So uh, he, he did uh, some here. pretty dope things too, though. Um, no, no, no. But... It's true. It's true. And Muto's goal against Manchester United last season was dope. I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Muto. I mean, I obviously picked him to be kind of a breakout player for the season, so I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased towards him. But I do think that if he's used as a sub, his work rate that I've seen so far, just his ability and speed. I think that he'll be able to knack a goal at some point. I think he'll be a good impact sub. I don't know if he's going to be to that level of like, he's going to bring you a goal every single time he, he subs, he's subbed off the bench. Um, but I do think that he's going to at least be a solid contributor off the bench. Like, I think that at the end of the day, I would rather take, I'd rather sub him on than Dwight Gale. But I, I, I mean, but you know, given the fact Andy Carroll's our guy off the bench, I'm pretty sure that Muto is not going to have as many opportunities unless Andy Carroll gets injured, which is also a very high possibility. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> unless he gets injured, yeah, sure, because <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, well, do you have anything else, Elijah? Um, before we close out this wonderful episode seven nine. Well, I got a shameless self plug, if you don't mind. Oh. Since we I mean, have, yeah, well, one, read our articles, but my girlfriend wrote a short, short story that's really good and really relevant. So if you're into reading things, which I guess if you read our blog, you are, check it out. It's on my Twitter. It's the it's my, it's my the link in my Twitter bio. So follow me cool. and read her story. Awesome. Yeah. Do that. Um, prep for the match. Let's, uh, let's get... Let's get real drunk for it, <laughs> everyone. Oh, oh. Um, it's it's going to be an early one out here on the West Coast. So if you're a West Coaster or Pacific timer like I am, 7 a.m. kick. Ooh. If you're an East Coaster like Elijah is, 10 a.m. kick. Yes, sir. And if you're a British person, <laughs> an English person, then you're at a, what is it, 3 p.m. kick. No? Yeah, sure. three. Yeah, three. Yeah, 3 p.m. kick. So, um, and if you're in Australia, it's probably at like, I don't know, 10 p.m. Shout <laughs> so, out to Aussies. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Um, really cool. So let's let's get three points. Um, that concludes episode 79 of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsome. This is a pretty dope song, actually, coming home to Newcastle. They named it after this podcast. Enjoy. See you later. And away the last. inside a fridge, but I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher tend in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Geordie And to live in Geordie land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. 
but walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the darkest in James's Park in the Gallagher Tend in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll wait for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound of me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll wait for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the dog is in James's pocket, the gal-